Stranded with no reservation, a last-minute rescue from a sexy stranger. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophiles Bookcase. I am your host, Erica the Bibliophile. Now, this is this is going to be a quick one, because this was a quick read, like a Christmas read. I'm trying to get all my Christmas books out. Um, but this was a great read by Casey Mills. I think I've done two books by her. I definitely want to do some more because I love her writing. Um, but let's jump right into it. So we have Avery who is checking or trying to check into a resort and, you know, the receptionist is telling her, I don't see your name. I don't see the other party's name, you know, and she's crushed because she's like, I don't know why I thought he would do the right thing. So the receptionist offers like, you know, you can go sit over by the fire while you figure something out. They have a restaurant that she can go get something to eat. Like basically there's options for you to figure something out, hopefully, but she won't be staying there because they're completely booked. She wouldn't be able to get a room, anything like that. So she goes over and places a phone call to a guy named Alan, who she was supposed to be staying at the resort with. And it's like, you really did this to me? Like, I took a plane here because you told me that we were... And you lied. Like, you lied to me about this and he hold on first of all let's talk about how she called him and he answers the phone and is like i'm kind of busy can i call you back how the fuck are you busy you're supposed to be here with me so she's like no you can't call me back motherfucker like why would you lie and like why would you do this so he steps away to um she can hear him on the other end of the phone like you know i'll be right back i have to take this phone call and so he's like, let me explain. And she's like, she called him an ass or something like that. He's like, you don't have to be so crass. Really? That That's what you want to do? right? And I was like, see, red light. Red light. I can't. I can't. I say red light, Lord. Red flag. Because <laughs> it's like that's how you know somebody is a manipulator and they're gaslighting because the importance of this situation and the thing you're going to focus on is the fact that I'm cussing and calling you an ad. Like, I could call you a lot more things if you want me to, but don't try to deflect on my language with the fact that you lied to me and I'm stranded here. And so she asks him, like, what more do you have to be doing? I mean, like, what's more important than you being here with me? And this man walks up to her and says, his fiance. And so she's like, excuse me, like, who are you? And I messed up because that's not how the book starts. The book starts with Kelton. Um, He's helping somebody out, like moving some boxes in a helping hands organization. And he's on break from football right now because he had an injury. So, you know, he's spending his Christmas alone while waiting to hear back from when he can, you know, come back to the team in the game. But he's the one that walks up to her and is like, and 
she doesn't know this man. She's like his fiance and Alan on the phone, like, who is that? He lying. Don't listen to him. He trying to take advantage of you because you by yourself up there. You know, just listen to me. It's like, oh, like what? It didn't make any sense. But, you know, she stopped talking to him and Kelton pulls out his phone and shows her a post. And it's uh, Alan behind a woman like he got his face nuzzling to her neck. She's smiling. And the caption says, Alan, I forgot his last name and uh it was like a car company princess finally announces their engagement and so it's just like alan you son of a bitch that's crazy like why would you do that you formed this relationship and he was always telling her you know like he's kind he's too busy and he wants to make it work but he really doesn't so just stringing her along knowing that he has a fiance so she goes to get her things and she's leaving and the receptionist asked her if she managed to get a flight out and she lies and says yes but they both looking like knowing that she lying and kelton like he's watching her because he feels he feels sorry for her because it's just like that's messed up that you had to find out this way and she didn't know she's like a fiance like basically this my man how my man got a fiance but you know she leaves and she's trying to make it back to the airport but she didn't follow the directions exactly as the receptionist told her and kelton left his phone number with the receptionist which he gave to her like as she was leaving like you know this phone number is for you to use you know, if you get in any trouble and he's like, and it's a number you can trust. So as she's trying to leave, she uh gets lost and she gets stuck. So she calls the number and it's Kelton. He finds out where she is and he comes to rescue her. And so he takes her back to his place and tells her, you know, you can stay the night until the snow clears up and you can find your way out of here now at first you know she's real hesitant because it's like i don't know you for me to be staying at your place with you like all that type of stuff but he's like what better option do you have because you can't stay at the resort because they're all booked up there's no like you know surrounding areas are all booked up because people book these reservations like in the summertime to make plans to come here so you i'm your best bet and like i'm not on that type of time and i told you the truth so you know you stay here and let that be what it is and you know she's resigning herself to this is her only option so as the storm is getting worse they're staying inside they're getting to know each other it's an attraction and he's asking her her story like you know how did you even get mixed up with somebody like alan and she's like you know he came into a bar just looking to have a drink but it was a karaoke bar so that's how they first met they would talk and then it just became the string of oh i'm too busy i can only see you at this this and this time and when she tried to break it off with him because it's like this ain't gonna work you too busy i barely see you like we don't talk we don't really 
do anything. So what is this? He's the one that begged her like, no, I want to make this work. Let's book this uh, vacation and we're going to spend some time together. Knowing all along that he wasn't going to show up and just to leave her there. And so, you know, as they're talking, she finds out who he is because she didn't even know that he played football or that he was on the team or anything like that. And then she asks him, you know, like, what's your motive? And he's like, I don't have a motive. Like, not all guys are assholes. Like, you know, some are, like, the majority of men are, but I guess basically call me a rare breed because I'm not one of them. And so at some point they're having, like, a conversation because he's like, we're going to get to know each other over the weekend that may or may not include sex. And so she's like, definitely not. He's like, okay, cool. You know, I'm not one of them. So <laughs> we'll just get to know each other. And they're getting kind of close. And she pulls back. She's like, you know, I'm not trying to jump headfirst into something that I might regret later. And he takes offense to that. And he's like, what? Like how you uh, jumped headfirst into it with Alan? And it's like, why would you throw that back in her face like that? Like, she's been saying this whole time she's not completely sure, and he's been, quote-unquote, okay with that. But now, all of a sudden, he's not. So, you know, she leaves because they, they were playing pool. So, he leaves. I mean, she leaves, sorry. And she goes to her, quote-unquote, room. And she turns her phone back on because she had cut it off because Alan just kept calling. I'm like, for somebody who claimed it was always busy, you sure got a lot of time to call me now. But, um... She gets in touch with somebody from back home who was going crazy trying to get in contact with her. And she knew that. Like, she knew that, I forgot if it was her cousin or her best friend. That is, like, slipping my mind right now. But anyway, she gets her on the phone and she was like, now you know that I've been worried sick as hell about you. The police called me crazy saying that you probably wanted to get away from me and that's why you're purposely not answering my calls because I just haven't heard from you. Now, Avery tells, like, all of what she said, like, she said, like, a whole bunch of stuff. And then Avery just butts in and says, they're right. And I, I'm i telling y'all now, I call myself an emotional thug because there's some things I just, the things I feel like I should care about, I don't give a fuck about. But something like that, I'm like, oh, so you were, like, that's the only thing I would have heard, like, they're right, you didn't want to talk, I would have hung up that phone so quick, and just, like, damn, I stressed myself out for a bitch who don't even care that I'm stressed out about her, conversation would have been over, but, um, I'm gonna just call her the friend, the friend wasn't worried about that, so she just keep going, and she's like, you know, where are you, I know you're not on vacation with Alan, because it's just something that ain't never been right about him, I ain't never liked him, and Avery is like, since when? And you didn't think to tell me? And the friend is like, but would you have listened though? And in her mind, she's like, touche. And it's like, exactly. For anybody, man or woman, you know, non-binary, however you choose to identify, if you got it in your mind that you like a person, nobody can tell you anything about that person. So even if she would have said like, you know, yeah, he's a, he seems nice. He seems like a good guy, but it's just something about him that I don't too much care for. You want to listen to that. And, um, but she does reveal that she's with a stranger staying in, in his house. And then when she tells the name, the friend is like, 
that pay uh plays for the sharks that's the football team and she's like you know she's like girl you know i love football you know i know him but why are you at his house you don't know him just running down this whole thing and avery has to tell her you know that's my best bet for right now because i can't go nowhere the car uh was snowed in like she couldn't travel in the mountains with the car that she had it was not made for the mountains so she get off the phone with the friend and then here comes um alan calling and he wants to explain like why you not answering the phone it's like you you can't ask me nothing you can't ask me no questions don't ask me shit don't ask me why i'm doing nothing worry about you and your fiance what that little girl said worry about yourself that's what you need to do worry about yourself why are you calling me and now his only concern is i know you're not there with kelton is that kelton uh he's only gonna da, da, da. and she cuts him off like the only thing that we have discussed is how you and your games could possibly ruin a good thing for me but kelton is right at that door like he ain't ruined shit get off that fucking phone uh and speaks to alan directly don't call her no more don't worry about her she mine and when they hang, uh, she hangs up the phone, he's like, I'm not letting him stop me from getting to you. You know, whatever we choose to do, that's between us. And so, <clears throat> you know, they're still getting to know each other. They end up having sex. And they were already feeling each other. So after they have sex, Kelton basically like, uh, I'm ready for our 2.5 kids. And if you don't want kids, then we can have a dog. And just like, it's the fact I still be getting cut off. Like, I don't create time for my podcast. But anyway, so where did I leave off? So, yeah, he ready for the house, the kids, and the dog. And she's like, whoa, I literally just met you, like, two days ago. But he's like, you know, when it's right, it's right. And I forgot, when he interrupted her phone call and they sat down and had the conversation, he tells her the story of how his dad got his mama and it was a cute little story so um his dad actually had a girlfriend at college well the girlfriend was in college but he had a job like near the campus or whatever so he shows up you know looking to surprise her whoop de whoop whatever but he sees the woman in another man's face and it's just like he see what she on so he just call out her name give her a little head nod let her know i see you and he jumps back in his car to leave but then he jerks to a stop because there was actually someone walking behind his car who turns out to be kelton's mom later down the line um but you know he hops out uh looking to apologize but when he sees her you know she just so fine daddy kelton can't speak so uh he just standing there while she cussing him out like motherfucker you almost hit me watch where the fuck you going now he didn't say she said all that but he said his dad just stood there as his mom cussed him out so that's all i can imagine like you stupid motherfucker um and so she walks away but he follows her now sometimes i don't know my mind just goes places where it's like girl come on now it's not important to the story because it says that he just stopped the car and jumped out to apologize to her it didn't say nowhere where he cut the car off like if he closed his door none of that because he follows behind kelton's mama 
across campus and it's like she well, went to class and then he followed her to the library and he sat outside the library till she was done and at some point like he kissed her she slapped him and left and he still waited on her until she finally agreed to go out with him now in my stupid brain i'm like so he just left his car running that whole time like did somebody steal the car like what 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 happened with that but it's not important to the story but my mind did travel there like but you know then they lived happily ever after so the point of the story is what you may have thought was a good situation you know you move on to better things and that better thing is him so uh what was it was it christmas day no it was christmas eve he gets a phone call from his agent and it's his agent telling him like you know you got the all clear to start playing again and so after he receives that information avery like strips for him as celebration and after that then he offers he's like let me buy you a ticket like as a gift and she tells him you know i bought a what is it a round trip ticket and i'm with him and his head like the motherfucker convinces you to come out here and he didn't even have the decency to pay for your ticket. And he's like, you know, no, you can go home, you know, wrap up all that stuff because you about to be moving in with me. And she's like, wait, what? He was like, you already said that you could work anywhere because um, her job, she works with a, a company that specializes in hospitality where they go to restaurants uh and tell people what they can do better with their restaurant and so he's like you already said you work remote so go ahead wrap that up and come on let's go and she agrees and so we're in the epilogue it's 10 months later and you know she done formed her own company and (laughs) it was so funny because she got an email from a woman who is going to be in the the next story that I read and review um looking to partner with her and at first when she says the name I what am I uh what am I trying to say like it seems like a, a masculine name if you will so at first Kelton is like who is that and when she's like she's such and such he's like I don't know who that is I don't know her and if she says she is she's lying so <laughs> and in the 10 months that they've been together you know he don't post much on his social media but because he's like smitten with her he start posting her all the time and of course women that ain't probably never met this man don't know nothing about him don't know nothing about her got all these negative comments and now they sliding in his dms propositioning him and she's been cussing him out so he like whoever this woman is who she claimed to be uh-uh nipping in the bud and she's like Oh no, she don't claim to know you nothing like that. He like, oh thank God. She wanna do da 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 da. And he like, I know you told her yes, right? And she's like, I don't know, because I don't know how good my business is. Any business that I've have gotten is from your team and because you put the much on he like, I cut all that out. Um, I may have sent them your way, but how great you are at your job, excuse me, is what kept them coming back. Like, don't shortchange yourself, you're great and you know they're engaged happily ever after just quick real cute i think y'all gonna love it so please go pick it up 
It is called Kelton and Avery, a Crescent Falls Christmas. Oh yeah, that's what um that's where it took place. But um the next book, oh Tion, I couldn't remember what the lady name was that sounded like it could have been masculine at first. So the next story is going to be Bryce and Tion, a Crescent Falls Christmas. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.